Rio, where are you going? You haven't listened to the Shenmue AM2 podcast yet. Welcome back to another episode of the Shenmue AM2 podcast. We're your host, Andrew. And Matt. And we're here with episode two review of Shenmue the Animation on Super Bowl Sunday. Who do you have in the big game tonight, Matt? The Bengals or the Rams? There was a big game? Well, there isn't yet. It's happening tonight. Oh, I didn't know that. Bengals or Rams, you gotta pick. I've never heard of either team. <laughs> the correct answer on a Shenmue podcast is the Bengals. Okay. Because a Bengal is a tiger. True. And that's what Rio has on the back of his jacket. True. We'll go with them. Go sports! I... <laughs> I like Super Bowl-related things just for the snacks. That's about it. Yeah, I do like snacks. <laughs> I should get myself some chicken wings tonight and, That's then, what, and uh, then not watch the game. <laughs> Apparently, like, 1.3 billion chicken wings are eaten on Super Bowl Sunday every year. Oh, my God. That's a lot of chicken wings. That's like... Because four chicken wings would be one chicken because you have the drum and the flat Yeah. times two. That's We sacrifice a lot of chicken appendages. Oh, my chickens are in the next room, actually, in a cage. I hope they can't hear us talking. You don't have chickens, do you? Yeah, Mel has chickens. What? Yeah, there's chickens right over there in the other room. <laughs> no, there's not. Yeah, there is. We'll be right back. <laughs> no, hold on. We will, yeah, pause. No, no. <laughs> you let this go. <laughs> There's no way. Is it still going? Yeah, it's going again. Matt was not lying. There are three chickens in the other room of his basement in this house in a residential area. He has three chickens. You're allowed to have six chickens in uh, in this neighborhood. We checked it out. I, <laughs> I am just blown. He's had these chickens for a year, apparently. <laughs> There's a chicken coop in his backyard, which when I come into his house, I can't see. <laughs> Sorry we're getting off topic here. Matt has three chickens. I'm going to have to start using them for training. I'm going to have to catch them. <laughs> I have oh, done that in the back. Like, sometimes we used to let them just run around. And, yeah, it's hard to catch them. <laughs> oh, my God. I am blown away. I Wow. <laughs> wow. We have a podcast to do about this. I'm, wow. Okay. All right. Um, my first note is, again, spoiler heavy. We're going to talk about everything in the episode. Uh, overall, what are your thoughts on this episode compared to the first one? Uh, I liked it just as much. N- no worse, no better. I like this one a lot better. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Just be- there was a bit more fan service in this one, I think. We saw a lot more characters. Um, there was more action in it, I think. Um, overall, I liked it more. Yeah. I might, if I think about it some more, I might end up liking it more. Um, this time we really get into the investigation part of it. And they really do speed through a bunch of it, which I guess you kind of have to. Yeah. No one wants to watch the entire investigation play out. <laughs> so my first note for this episode is they're incorporating dreams into the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it does start out... You don't know it's a dream because it almost looks like a flashback. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of confusing because I had watched this episode this morning already and Matt and I watched it again right before recording this he has chickens in the other room that's still blowing my mind um, and they kind of put this white haze around the edge of the frame when they're showing the flashbacks Yeah. and this had the haze but it turned out to be a dream but he talks about knowing, thinking he knows his father and then Londy's like maybe you don't know your father that's a, a big point, it seems, in the animated version of Shenmue, uh, Ryo's 
I guess, inner turmoil about his father being accused of murder. Like, I don't remember in the game him sticking on that point. No, and I think part of the reason they're really emphasizing it is the game, the emphasis is on the investigation and getting there. This, they're kind of speeding through the investigation, and I think it's the thing that's meant to hook you throughout the series Mm. is this little bit of mystery of... What? Who is his father? What are we going to find out? And they really make it seem like Yamagishi-san knows more than he's leading on. Mm. But I don't know if he actually does. Yeah, I didn't know they were such good friends, really. Yeah. His dad and Yamagishi. Uh, they cut to... Uh, what's the place where she is? Guilin. Yes. Uh, Bailu Village. And they just show Shenhua talking to... Uh, she's kind of walking into the town or whatever. We with saw the, some NPCs from Shenmue 3. Yep. And she goes to Grandma Ye's house, or Ya's house, however you want to pronounce it. I think it's... And it really looks like the game, like the the drawing of what she's doing. That she's thing still with. there beating her wheat. <laughs> <laughs> You've been holding that line for a while. You wanted to say that. Uh, but it looks... It, they do a good job of representing how Shenmue 3 looks and then contrasting that to how they're making Shenmue 1 look. They're making parts of Dubuita look entirely different. Mm. Um, it kind of get takes me out of it a little bit. But then there's a scene where they go to heart, where he goes to heartbeats, and that you know you walk down the stairs and come around the corner, and there's the heartbeats, and the mm-hmm. two goons are there. That part looked, I think they did a pretty good job of that. Yeah, certain parts of the town do look different. I don't know why that is. I'm not sure why they are they choosing to make it look like a bigger town than it seemed like in the first game. I think they they. I think that's what they're going for, mm. because in the first game, Dubuita overall is very tiny. Mm. It's like when you get to Dubuita Street, that first part until you like go around the corner past Lapis, mm-hmm. that first part you you don't really do a whole lot of anything on that street, and then you really just have the from essentially the burger joint down to the bus stop and then that looping U street that's off of it. Yeah. That's really all the Buita is. So I think they do are trying to scale it up a bit. Seems like it, yeah. It's probably I don't know. It's probably truer to life, I imagine. I imagine it was scaled down for the game. We touched on this a moment ago when he's he has the scroll or not the scroll, the letter from Yuan Dejou and he's trying to get someone to read Chinese. They do a little montage. It's only like three kind of, I don't want to say still photos, but three shots of him talking to people about it. Uh, And the music around it's very inquisitive, but like Matt said earlier, it's really speeding those parts of the game. Mm -hmm. Like something that takes a a fair bit of time in the game, they covered in like four seconds in this. And nobody can read it, which is... Which is funny. Like, so that if I'm remembering correctly, the trick of the the letter is that you just got to hold it up to a mirror, right? Correct. Yes. And then, could any Chinese person read it at that point, or is it still in a dead language? I don't know if it's in a necessarily dead language, but like, because I was I was thinking I was like I could recognize backwards English, <laughs> like mirrored English. I 
I don't know. <laughs> Matt's a big f- fan of palindromes. <laughs> Mirrored English. Yeah. Again, three chickens on the other side of the wall. <laughs> they're just in there, not being eaten. <laughs> <laughs> and they're quiet, like, I... I <laughs> damn it. <laughs> wow. Uh, Nozomi's really bubbly. Yeah. In this. She's not, like, her calm quiet reserved self from the game mm-hmm. and I think they're kind of really trying to play up the contrast between them uh, she's very him. she's she's very melancholy in the game <laughs> just like sad for Rio all the time yeah this is they're kind of playing her up to his monotone personality of just like hey guys I'm here I'm Rio I sound like Eeyore Matt has chickens <laughs> There's a big part here when he goes to not Heartbeat's bar, but the bar before it. Where's what's the name of the bar that he goes to before with the guy with the plaid vest? Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. He they specifically change the line that he does not ask where sailors are. I wonder what he says in English. He uh, it says where would I find guys from the harbor? Do you mean sailors? No, not sailors. <laughs> guys from the harbor. <laughs> They do in the when they get to Heartbeat's bar, uh, they do mention sailors there, but it's being presented to him as, "Hey, these guys are sailors, not him." Do you know where sailors hang out? <laughs> Which is a huge critique of the game that everyone makes fun of. Mm. Kind of homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is, and that's probably why the, they changed it. I just mean the implication, like the meme is homophobic, like just making fun of him for asking about sailors. When he does get to Heartbeat's bar, the the white guy in the green shirt and the black guy in the purple shirt are way bigger than Rio. Mm-hmm. Like, they tower over him by, like, a foot. Yeah. And they are wearing skin-tight shirts. They're jacked-up dudes. <laughs> and he just dismantles them. Mm-hmm. Lickety-split. Yep. That, that can happen in anime and video games. In real life, it's much more rare. <laughs> Try telling Hoist Gracie that. <laughs> Um, the montage of him trying to find Charlie. Mm-hmm. Like, once he, he finds out that this Charlie's the guy that might be able to lead him to Lon D, there he talks to the guy at Knocking Motorcycle, mm-hmm. he talks to the guy at the Army Surplus Store, and then it just shows the apartment building with the sign on the door that says when the tattoo shop is open. Yeah. It shows him walk in, it shows like him shrug his shoulders, look sad, the door shut, and then that guy picks up the telephone. Yeah, that whole part really felt like they zoomed through it. Yeah, this is like that's another huge part of this game. Looking for people with tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. A tattoo on his arm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, are you sad that they skipped it? No. I'm not necessarily sad they skipped it. Matt and I were talking when we were watching the episode. Like, this first season is 13 episodes long, and I said to Matt, I think by episode 5, we're going to be at a 5 maximum, I think. Maybe by the end of 4, we're going to be out of Yokosuka. Feels like it. Like, they... Not that they're rushing it, but they're just trimming the fat. Like, Mm -hmm. when watching the credits of this episode, they show Ryo holding a cat, and, like, Nozomi's touching the cat or something. Mm -hmm. We never met that cat. Yeah, that that cat doesn't... Like... They skipped over the whole Megumi part. Like, Megumi may not appear in this whatsoever. Yeah. Um, they also skipped over, like, when Rio first, excuse me, leaves the house. And he helps helps that person to the 
um, find the the name plaque for the the house they're looking for. Like none of that. Not that that's important to the story. It does mm. help build and develop a bit of character, but none of that's here. They are really like it's kind of the opposite of Shenmue Three, yeah. where they're really getting through the story um, as opposed to barely moving the dial on it. Yeah, Shenmue Three can be one episode. Uh, yeah, they, like the pacing of this down the line. If they're going through Shenmue One this fast, Shenmue Three, unless they add to it, maybe. Mm. But I don't see how Shenmue Three is like more than two episodes. Two episodes long, maybe. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how they incorporate Ren into the Shenmue Three part of the storyline too, because he's kind of shoehorned into the game and it's awkward and mm-hmm. it's like this relationship between him and R- Rio doesn't really exist anymore. It was weird how they just kind of made them acquaintances instead of friends, mm. even though they've only known each other a short period of time. Uh, Charlie's gang, they really just assume that Rio's with the Chens, as they call them. Uh, they don't they kind of explored a little bit as to like they're this rival t- in a turf war with them. Yeah, they like say Chen's crew, but I'm like, isn't Chen's crew just him and his son? Him and Guizong? <laughs> yeah, like it's, I don't know. They are really pushing that into the storyline, I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the arcade looks way different. Yeah. It's way bigger. Mm-hmm. Has way more games. Mm-hmm. Better. It has Ripsy Cola. Ripsy Cola. R I P S I. And it was clearly the Pepsi logo, it just said Ripsy instead. Uh-oh. And then they had Bell Woods in the background as well as well. Hmm. Um, they do just show a scene of a streetlight. I love that. <laughs> like it's just a still image of it, but hearkening back to the game. Uh, they showed Nozomi's bedroom at one point in this too. Yeah, I didn't realize she lived above the, the the flower shop, but I guess it makes sense. Does it say that she was above the flower shop? I believe the establishing shot before we see her bedroom shows the flower shop. Pretty sure. And it's either her mom or her grandmother. I think it was her grandmother that says she her dad's on the phone in Canada. Oh, yeah. talking about the Olympic hockey that we beat <laughs> China six nothing today. I think. <laughs> um, yeah. So getting those seeds planted of her going to Canada. They do. Her dad, do you know what her dad was actually telling her? She's like, I met this guy, Matt. He has three chickens. <laughs> um, when Nami, or Yamagishi-san, he had mentioned earlier in the episode that he wanted to go burn incense at the Hazuki residence to honor Iwa. Mm. And it shows him doing that. He's having a conversation with Ine-san and Fuku-san. And I think they're really retconning fu- what Fuku-san's role in this is. He's not this comic relief oh I'm worried and I'm always nervous and eh. yeah he's just kind of like almost a simpler version of Iwao mm-hmm. that, that's what I'm getting and they they refer to him Yamagishi-san refers to him as one of the adults in Ryo's life yeah and he is older than Ryo but it's also he's kind of been we haven't seen him do much he's kind of a nothing character right now yeah and you're under the impression that even though Fukusan's older in the game, that Ryo kind of looks out for him. Yeah. And they're kind of reversing that a little bit. Although we haven't seen Fukusan in this look out for Ryo. He's expressed concern for him when Ryo's not around. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, it's... He hasn't given him any advice or helped him in any way so far. Yeah, they're just... I've, they're not making him look like this simpleton, I guess, is the way yeah. the game really does. Um... 
Yamagishi-san at the end teaches Ryo a move. He sets. Down, I love how they set down the glass of whatever he's drinking. I'm assuming it's some sort of wine, rice wine or something. Mm. And they do the little Jurassic Park of the glass shaking in Rio, learning the move from him. Yeah, so he, he did that because I guess he fe- he found Rio fighting those guys, um, and he realized he's not going to be able to stop him. I guess so he wants to arm him with something for his uh, his mission. <laughs> yeah, Yamagishi-san, he kind of, it's almost like he had a a change of heart or like really saw something in Rio. Because at the start, he was really like, eh, don't go down this road. And now he's like, well, like Matt said, you're going down this road. Let's put some tools in your tool belt here. Yeah. So where did that fight happen? Like, I thought they were going to go to the parking lot. Isn't that where they go? Yeah, that's where they go in the game. And that's where I thought they were going to go. But they go to this construction site. Hmm. Um, But it looked like one of the warehouses from the... Yeah, that's the impression I got, too. From the, the port. That fight scene where Rio kind of he he dodges like and the guy swing like the re or the they put the bucket on him <laughs> yeah the the metal beams steel beams fall on him he dodges those he get like sees the pipe coming he dodges that then the guy just he throws a garbage can on him <laughs> it's pretty good and then the letter gets knocked out of his pocket or out of wherever. And those guys jump on him, and he, like, has one of those moments where anyone that's a wrestling fan where the big guy, like <laughs> Mark Henry, the big show or someone's in the Royal Rumble, and everyone's on top of him, and he's just like, bah, and hawks out, mm. and everyone flies off. Anyone who's a wrestling fan is going to love that reference, by the way. <laughs> um, you, you get to see that he's... I think he's further along than people think he is, maybe? Well, I mean, if, you can, if you're being grappled by four people and you can just throw them off, yeah... <laughs> That's a, that's a superhuman feat right there. Yeah. So this episode was entitled Daybreak. Um, I don't really get the name of it. Other than, I mean, it starts with a dream. Mm. So, like, when he wakes up, it's... It ends with Shenhua looking at a horizon. Is it is it dawn or is it dusk? Who knows? Mm. But she's still talking about that poem. <laughs> Everybody in that village just talks about the poem all day long. <laughs> Matt and I were laughing at how much they... They're shoehorning in that into her culture of where she lives. That this is this poem and that this village they... exists entirely to fulfill the purpose of the poem. <laughs> and even when the point when the little boy's like, "But who's the he?" <laughs> and then it just cuts to like a close up of her face, and you tell like the gears are ticking in her brain. She's like, "How did I, don't I know. never ask that question before?" <laughs> and then it's like, meanwhile, the Hazuki residence. <laughs> But I really, <laughs> excuse me, I really like this episode, and it yeah, has me, me excited for the next one. Yep. Um, did you watch the preview for the third episode yet? No, is it on YouTube or something? Yeah, uh, they released it, and it's essentially the when Guizang kind of jumps him in the street. Yeah. It's that. Uh, we Oh, we forgot to talk about Chai being in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Just sulking. Yeah. They're, I think they're going to keep doing that with Chai, like when he was chasing... Um, when Charlie ran away or whatever, mm. and he's chasing him, and then you see like Chai just behind a scooter in the background. I think that's what's going to happen with Chai. Is every episode we're just going to kind of see him there? Um, other than I suppose they have to put him in when he brings the mirror to Master Chen. Yeah. We'll have to do something there with him. Yeah, but 
he'll be sprinkled in and then he'll have that fight, final fight. I don't know if they're going to have the final fight scene, though, at the harbor, if they're just going to skip that and have him fight him on the boat. Yeah, if they are going to include the boat, it would be better to skip the harbor one. Yeah, it would definitely be like a redundant. The only way they could really make it different, I guess, would be if Chai... Well, I suppose in the comic, because Chai scares the little kid, mm-hmm. doesn't he? So they need to really incorporate that and just it have being like a reaction from Rio or something and giving him a dark side Hazuki off the boat or whatever. <laughs> but it, it can't just be rinse and repeat of the fight they have at the harbor. Mm-hmm. And possibly the arcade as well. We don't know how that's going to go. Yeah. I don't think we'll see an arcade fight. <clears throat> there was a few little Saga tidbits in here as well. Uh, there was a Tails action figure and a capsule toy on his mm-hmm. desk. Uh, there's also a action figure of Akira and Pi as well in the flashback, I think it is. Um, like Matt said in the previous episode, too, the flashback, Iwa's just... Just disappointed in him. <laughs> he's upset that he's reading, like, a manga instead of... Studying the dust, or whatever. dusty old text. Yeah. They're really... They're, I love how they're just kind of showing that relationship and yeah. making it look like his but, father's not that proud of him. Obviously, yeah, he's, he is proud of him, but it's... He's not letting him be a kid, but the, like it, it's almost like he's like training him to be ready for... The day? For something, like for like some big destiny, but he never clues him in as to what it is. Yeah. Which is not a good way to motivate somebody <laughs> to, to, to learn. Like, you need this because blank, <laughs> you know? You it probably would have helped if if uh, he clued Rio in on if he is if he is aware that Rio has some sort of destiny or or that he's going to encounter some really bad dudes just by the fact that he's Iwao's son. Then you should have prepared him with that knowledge. I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like if, if you're not going to give it, if you're not going to let him have a childhood, tell him why he's not allowed to have a childhood. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of putting. He's setting up on this like blind path almost. Of, yeah. Hey, someday this will be useful, but I'm not telling you why. Yeah. Go study. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting how they are just kind of playing up that he didn't necessarily have the greatest childhood. Hmm. Um, and probably a single parent situation too, because we don't know where his mom is at mm-hmm. this point in time. But yeah. So that's anything else you want to add, Matt, to the episode? No, that's it. It was a good episode. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it more than the first. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, pop in the comments which episode you preferred so far. Um, so we can be found at Shenmue AM2 Pod on Twitter, Shenmue AM2 Podcast at gmail.com. We did get a nice email from the last one, kind of welcoming us back again. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on the Shenmue Dojo, we have a page, we have a group. Um, and we'd like to thank our sponsor this week, the U-Arcade. Now, you might be thinking, didn't they previously sponsor an episode? <laughs> they did, but they are way bigger now. They had to expand just to incorporate Virtual Fighter. And a time machine. They borrowed our time machine. Yeah. Because they went into the future to get Virtual Fighter 2 arcade <laughs> machines and then brought them back to the 80s. Yeah. And then they're getting fat off the uh, future tech and they're expanding. Oh, yeah. The the kids in Yokosuka and Dubuit are, are just just shelling out the money so they have big <laughs> bucks to sponsor our podcast this week Thanks. so we thank them so you should support you arcade yep <laughs> link, link in the description <laughs> all right guys Get bye high. thanks <laughs> matt has three chickens